Modern life is crazy busy. Power your midlife energy with all-natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. Delicious, keto, and intermittent fasting-friendly. These bars help women manage weight and energy during all stages of the pause. Try them at bossabars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A bars.com and save 10% with code KD10. Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. If you woke up this morning, there is more for you to receive, give, and become. You're not finished because you're 40, 50, 60, and beyond. It's not over. It's never too late to liberate your dreams. Welcome to the new age. And welcome to a show that spotlights the woman who wrote all of those inspiring words you just heard. Please meet Netta Jones, founder of the midlife platform and podcast, Liberty Road. After two decades of supporting female founders in business building and writing an Amazon best-selling business book, Netta is turning her attention to building her own platform, one that superpowers midlife women in building a second act that they love. And lucky us, Netta is joining us today to talk about career leaps, creativity, and she'll be sharing holiday fashion and gift picks that she features on Liberty Road. If you're looking to amp up your midlife or your holiday gifting and fashion, stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Netta. Thank you so much for having me. What an awesome introduction. I need that as my elevator pitch. Well, you wrote it, lady. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know, but I never say it as, as well as you did. In fact, when you first started saying it, I was like, Man, that's really good. We're we're on the same page. I love all these midlife. Oh, I wrote that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. So funny. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. I love your content. I um, really love connecting with fellow podcasters. I love connecting with women who are excited about lifting women up in midlife. You are all of those things. Uh, this show is also all about pivots and second acts, and I know that Liberty Road for you is both. And I would love it yeah. if you could just sort of share your backstory with my listeners. Sure, sure. So really quickly, I uh, had a 10-year career in marketing, very much a corporate one. Uh, in 99, uh, partnered with my college roommate and started um, something that functions like an Etsy, but it was for uh, women who were kind of new to the design world, you know, new fashion designers, new product, beauty product designers, things like that. And we had um, essentially uh, real estate on the web. Again, this is 1999. We weren't sure if people were going to actually um, purchase things from the World Wide Web, <laughs> and um, which is hilarious to say now. But as we, we basically said, hey, we had a lot of friends who were in the space, emerging designers. And we said, hey, can we be the back end? Can we be the business? and the the tech platform and the marketing arm for you. And we did that for nine years and we would have 40 women on the site at any given time. Um, and one of the things we used to do is about once a month, we would bring on an expert uh, in small business, an accountant, a uh, publicist, uh, a lawyer, somebody that could really assist them with their businesses. It was just a perk of, of being in our, what we called our style co-op. And then we had a wholesale division where we would take about 10 of those 40 women to market. And um, then I had babies. She had babies. We moved back to, uh, to the West Coast from, from New York. And uh, the wholesale business, which was the crux of our, of our income, um, our revenue rather, 
was just a, a little bit too busy for the lives we wanted to have uh, with our families. And so we kind of said, hey, let's tie this up in a pretty bow, wrote a, a how-to book with McGraw-Hill called uh, 16 Weeks to Your Dream Business. And then I needed to do something with that. I needed to turn that into my next platform. So launched a women's conference for entrepreneurial women called Live the Dream and loved doing that, did that for three years. It was um, a great success in that we sold out our tickets out, uh, out the gate and had wonderful sponsorship. And it really sort of entrenched me in the entrepreneurial space. What I realized I loved about that first uh, endeavor uh, the Style Co-op endeavor, was that I was able to hear very intimately what was happening with these women and their entrepreneurial stories and connecting them with people that could move the needle for them. Then creating the conference um, gave me a little bit more of that, oh, look what happens when we unite all these women and when we bring them together and the community that's created. And then I turned into a consultant, sort of accidental. I think um, people saw me as a go-to person in that space, and it fit the life that I wanted to to be living at the time, and it gave me the flexibility I wanted. Fast forward, my kids are all uh, one in college, one a senior, and one in high school, um, and I'm sort of ready for that next move. And I had wanted to um, start working on my own business, create my own brand. I loved working with what other women, but wanted to do my own thing. Now I'm in my 50s and looking for resources, not just for business, but for what are women doing in their 50s and couldn't find very many. Um, you, as you know, are, are one of the few, Katie. We're, we're a small band, but we're getting bigger. <laughs> and I love that. And so it just felt like my own life was sort of helping me write the script on how to pivot and Liberty Road. I wanted to continue to tell stories of women who were doing really great things. I wanted to continue to highlight some of the people that I had been a consultant for for so many years, but I wanted to focus those stories on the 40 plus age group. Um, I wanted to focus um, our attention on telling stories of an age group that just wasn't getting what I thought was enough attention and try and encourage them that it's not too late, but there's there's work to be done, and here's how that work can be done. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you evolved your business as your own life evolved. I think that makes so much sense, and I think that I, you know, I, I've had that own experience in my own life. I I, I produced a, a, a you know award winning video on breastfeeding when my kids were young, and, and wind up selling that to a. Uh, you know, a, a nursing um, bra company, uh, and sort of they they white labeled it. So it's just sort of interesting to experience pain points and yeah. and create content and products and services that that help people meet that. And and I adore the fact that your uh, your um, live conference was called Live the Dream because yeah. I, you know, I feel like that's <laughs> that's that's something that you're helping women do right now, sort of reimagining live life, um, to, you know, turning what your dream for the second act you know can be into more of a reality. So I'm yeah. curious. You interview a lot of midlife women. Many of them are creative. They're entrepreneurial. This is up from your podcast, Liberty Road. Yeah. You know, what, if any, common themes have you seen emerge from talking to women entrepreneurs and creatives in midlife? I think the one thing is at some point th there tends to be even more fear around launching later in life. There tends to be, a, I think, a sense of there's more to lose um, maybe they had some success and felt like I kind of used up my success card. I'm not sure if I can do this again. Um, and perhaps that was success. That success was in a more traditional path. 
and entrepreneurship feels very tied to, or starting anything new, a nonprofit, um, writing a book, anything, feels very tied to technology these days. How am I supposed to utilize social media to get ahead? How am I supposed, you know, maybe I've missed the boat. And so it's it's very tied into fear. The, th- the common theme with those who did it anyway um, is that they overcame that fear and they found people who could fill in the blanks. There was a real awareness of, it's not a one man or a one woman show. Um, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't know social media. How do I bring somebody in to help me with that? Maybe I don't even really understand um, how, what I want to bring to fruition can be utilized by technology. How do I bring in somebody for that? So it was overcoming fear and filling in the gaps, really understanding. And maybe that's because they've kind of worked through some ego issues. I don't know, but really understanding that it's not, it doesn't need to be a one person show that they can bring in people around them to scaffold uh, the dream, to scaffold their vision. It's so interesting that you put your finger on fear because fear has emerged as a theme in a couple of different shows that I've had. You know, sometimes women share, like, I'm not afraid any longer. Uh, when yeah. I think about fear in my own life, when I was younger, I was scared of doing certain things. I was scared of public speaking. Um, I was scared of putting myself into rooms full of people that seemed more experienced than I was. And uh, I kept thinking that at some point I wouldn't be scared of these things. And and finally, I think, you know, at the age of 53, I realized, like, you can be scared and do it anyway. And yes. that sometimes the fear doesn't go away. You know, yeah. I, you know, if I'm walking out on a stage, you know, and I'm, I'm addressing 400 people, 1,000 people, I'm still a little nervous, you know. But yeah. I, I recognize that I can walk side by side with my fear and that this sort of magic fearless state is, doesn't have to arrive in order for you to put yourself in motion. Interesting. In fact, inspect that it, expect that it will not. Yes, exactly. That it's a part of it. Yeah, yeah. It just it's a part of the package. Don't let, but don't let it stop you. And and being afraid of things has no longer you know, no longer stops me. I'm I'm willing to be I'm willing to be uncomfortable and and do it anyway. But it's Amen. interesting that the tech you know component is something that really does trip people up because I feel like mm-hmm. it's never been easier to learn technology, right? It's never been easier to get on Fiverr and find a freelancer who can help yeah. you with with all the stuff that that you don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, midlife, we're both in the midlife space right now. Um, yeah. You know, do you feel that midlife is is having a sort of a cultural moment? Are we just sort of noticing that more women brands and businesses are being launched to serve this market because we're in the thick of it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a few things. I think one, um, we're living longer and we're living healthily longer. And so they're just, you know, just by virtue, it's probably taken a minute for it to catch up to us, but by virtue of us being well for a longer period of time, at some point, there's going to be a recognition that, well, we can't really just be retired all these years. Like there's there's more to do, more to give. The other thing is, I think very specifically that the Gen uh, X woman was sold a little bit of a lie. She was told that she could be superwoman. She could do all these things. And at some point in our 30s or 40s, we were burning out and we were like, oh my gosh, nope, that does not work. And so I think we're, we're coming back to ourselves a little bit. We're coming back to the thing that maybe we didn't feel like we got right the first time or we had the bandwidth to do the first time or we got to do the first time. 
And for sure, I'm projecting for sure, 100%. But I think that it happens to be true for a lot of people that I talk to. I also think, to your point about other brands and their, this, this new awareness, you know, we do have social media. We have this ability to see other people voice their opinions, to see what um, what change and movements can look like and how they can sort of um, kind of take hold so quickly. And I think everything from, you know, women, the silver movement, women going gray and sort of owning that. And it's a badge of honor. Um, people who are choosing to age without any, you know, um, altering sort of work. People who are choosing to age with doing that work and doing it gracefully in both of those camps. We're hearing more and more women talk about that. We're hearing more and more women talk about menopause and perimenopause. I don't think I ever knew that there was a distinction until I was paying attention on social media, until Instagram. And all of a sudden, here I was in my 40s, and I was sort of learning about it from technology. And so I think that all of these things in concert with one another then create in brands this need to rethink or reinvigorate old narratives, as I say, but rethink how do we package this? This woman is way cooler than we thought she was. This woman <laughs> is way more savvy than she thought we thought she was. And by the way, all these women hold the purse strings in America. So let's get smart and let's start appealing to her outside of household cleaning products and prescription drugs. Like there's more to there's more to say to her. There's a different way to talk to her. And brands just got savvy. Advertising agencies just got savvy. I think there's a long way to go. And I think they're still afraid um, to talk to an aging group because God forbid they would lose millennials and now Gen Zers. But um, I think there there is a new awareness that there's there's money to be had, which unfortunately is what speaks um, in those worlds in particular. And she's going to start demanding more. She's going to start demanding more of of products and even packaging. Um, Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're, this is a very discerning, affluent, educated consumer base. And by the way, there's a lot of us, as you pointed out. The demographic shifts mean that there are going to be more people over the age of 65 than under the age of 18 by 2030 yeah. in this country. So we are loud. We are heading into a quick break. But when we come back, I would love to get your take on what sort of tactical advice you might share with a listener who's thinking, you know, I'm ready for a creative pivot like the kind that Netta made. We'll be back after this break. At a certain age, we love dry humor, but dry skin, no. Dry skin is one of the most common complaints of women as we age. Why? Because our skin naturally starts to produce less oil and our estrogen levels drop, and less estrogen equals drier skin. At Carrie Grand Skincare, they believe that we don't need more products as we age, we need better ones, with natural oil-based ingredients, focusing on health and hydration, not youth and perfection. Carrie Grand is dedicated to giving our skin the nourishment it needs. With a simple three-step ritual, you'll see the difference a few essential products can do. At Carrie Grand, they use only the best organic, naturally derived, and non-GMO ingredients. This woman-run company is also sustainably conscious and hand-pours all their products in Seattle. Exclusively for a certain age listeners, you can use code KATIE20 at checkout to receive 20% off plus free shipping. That's K-A-T-I-E-2-0. Head to Carrie Grand today. That's K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N. 
your thirsty skin will thank you. Netta, we went into the break talking about this large, affluent, educated consumer base. There's a lot of opportunity to to speak to us. There's a lot of opportunity for us to create products and services that that resonate with this consumer. If a listener is sitting here thinking, you know, I have an idea, I'm ready for a pivot, I, I want to switch jobs and become a consultant, or I want to stop being a consultant and launch, you know, a physical product, what would be like one or two tactical pieces of advice you might share? So I think there's a personal practical piece of it and there's a business practical piece of it. The the personal piece is really um, try and, you know, I think this comes through journaling best, but really try and ask yourself some questions about, are you the girl for the job? Are you the person, is your daily life and the gifts that you bring to this endeavor going to match the outcome that you want. I'll just really quickly, an anecdote, a woman years ago said to me she wanted to launch her own fashion design uh, line and, uh, you know, talked about going to Milan and Paris and sourcing beautiful fabrics and being on a runway, you know, having a runway show and all these things. And I said, that's going to take you millions of dollars and minimum 10 years. What you're actually going to be doing is selling to the Macy's buyer in some trade show, you know, at some trade show in Atlanta. Like that's, that is practically speaking what you're going to do. So if the outcome, the daily life, the practical pieces of how you're going to be living into this, this, you know, dream that you have for your life, don't match what you actually want, then you might, you might not be the gal for the job. That having said that, that in that particular story, there's an outcome. It's just not launching her own business. It's going to get a job for somebody who who can do it already. Yeah, who who can offer her all of those things. And then on the business side, I would just say really understand um, the business model. And and it's easy to say, you know, I want to serve ice cream. I want to make ice cream. I love making ice cream. I want to have all these beautiful flavors and fun packaging, and that's what I want to do really understand how is it that I'm going to sell ice cream for money? Understand that model. Am I going to do it online? Is it going to be direct to consumer? Am I going to have a brick and mortar? Um, Am I going to create this and sell it to somebody else who is a retailer? Really understand how you're going to do that and what the revenue opportunities for that might be. And when you'll realize profitability, like really put your numbers together. You don't need uh, you know, a 200 page business plan. You need five pages that, you know, with some tight paragraphs that help you understand how you're going to get to market, who you're going to sell to, um, how you're going to be profitable and, and understand when that can be realized over the next one, two, three to four years. Is that what you want? Once you see it on paper, then study it. Is that what you want? Is that the business that you want to be running? And then find people who've done it before you. Don't feel. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody else who made ice cream. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to a consultant. Um, hire people that have done things before you who can help save you money in advance of putting, you know, all your eggs into that basket. Yeah, I, I, I've had a number of business builders on this show. We had Gonzalez Gonzalez, Gonzalez Gonzalez, a better, not younger. Um, Catherine Balson Schwaber of Kindra. 
you know, these these are companies that are that are very large. I had uh, Valerie McMurray from Soleil Toujours came on, and Valerie shared it takes an astonishing amount of money to bring a product to market. So, yeah. you know, it's it's great advice to be realistic. You know, one of the topics that I often hear come up in my own life and with the clients that I work with in my day job is, um, you know, a fear around um, aging. And, and the ability to try something new. So you, you offered very practical advice about really doing your due diligence to whether or not you, you have the, the bandwidth and the money to, to make a shift happen. But if somebody were to say to you, I, I, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and I can't because I'm too old, what's the response to that? <laughs> I ask this in my <laughs> podcast, too. You know, I, I have a funny answer for this. Um, I, I, I think you can do it. Like, I think you can do whatever you want to do, whatever you set your mind to do. I think you have to be, you you can climb Mount Everest, but you have to practice every day for that climb. And you have to have the lung capacity for that climb. And you have to, you know, be prepared financially buying all the warm clothes and being able to get your ticket in and out and having a backup plan with other people who are around you to make that climb. It's so much work. So when we say you can do it, yes, you can, but you have to understand that when you know the work the preparation that goes into that all of it it it's it's a lot and it's it's kind of the magical piece of doing something with this much import at this age because we do start to feel that time is finite and when we choose those things we want to be all in because we have this sense that this could be this could be it um and having said that, and this is where the, the trick of that question is, it sometimes it is just the journey, giving it a shot, giving it a try, going for it, um, understanding that, you know, it's not always going to be that first iteration of whatever the dream was, but it'll lead you somewhere else. Um, so I think it's just encouraging people to go for it, helping people understand you've got a lot of tools and a lot of commitment that you got to bring with it. And then this is not it. It's not everything that defines you. It's just the thing that will help shape the next iteration of you or it, whatever it might be. And then the one thing I want to say too is, you know, I often say, and people in our circles, Katie, often say, it's never too late. And I believe that. I believe that we need to come into it with that mindset and overcome our fear with that mindset. But I also want to say that it is too late for some things. And there needs to be sort of this, um, so sobering sort of sense of that's the gift of us being able to live this long and still have choices and opportunities. But we've come to a place in life where we can say yes to certain things and no to certain things because time is valuable. Our relationships are valuable. What we pour into our own lives is valuable and time isn't endless. And, you know, I want people to really kind of address this time as almost sacred. Like, what are the choices that you want to make in this second act and in this second half that are meaningful or going to add value to your life and to the life of those, the lives of those people around you? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I had I had the pleasure of having Mimi Eisen, uh, the, the pro-age blogger from the platform Hey Middle Age, come on a few weeks ago. And she shared that there's no operating manual for aging, uh, but one thing is clear is that the road in front of us is, sh- you know, shorter. And, yeah. you know, that that can sound depressing, but it's also clarifying. You know, if yeah. you have 
less time in a shorter runway, you know, what are you spending your time on? And I think that is actually one of the great joys of midlife is that like you strip away a lot of the bullshit. You know, I'm much better about saying no to things that no longer serve me that, um, you know, just I can't fit into my my schedule. My schedule is, yeah. you know, th- this podcast that lights me up. It's my it's my day client work and it's it's my relationships with my friends, my family, uh, that's all. It, it just makes it easier in some ways to have this this clarity around what's important. Uh, for sure. You- for sure. And something you do really well, and I think I would challenge listeners to think about is if, if there is something that you're passionate about or that gives you meaning or purpose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to leave your day job. You can carve out time and space to create whatever that thing is that is you know, that that you've been passionate about or that has been a dream for you. And sort of it's a way to test the waters, too. So it's, it doesn't have to be a, an all or nothing sort of approach. Yeah, it's a sort of a, mo- a modification, too. And I think that's something that we also realize in mid- midlife. You were alluding to this earlier when you said, you know, we like to think it's never too late, but sometimes it is too late to do certain things. But it's not too late to um, take a different like crack at it. You know, maybe you're not launching a nonprofit, but you're volunteering for one that you care about. You know, maybe you're not becoming a travelist journalist and like moving to cover, you know, war coverage. But like maybe you're you're writing travel blog posts, you know, things that are more manageable. I mean, I think that whatever you truly want to do, whatever truly lights you up, there's a way to do a version of it. Yes. That is realistic with with your life. Well said. Um, so, Netta, I want to switch gears for a minute because we could talk about, you know, midlife reinvention <laughs> and how we make it work and, you know, and reframing and, and, and sort of making the most of this. But one of the things that I love about your platform, and there's so many things to love, is that you have a wonderful, first of all, you have a wonderful eye and um, you you uh, offer something that you call Netta's Edit, which is yeah. terrific. It's on fashion. It's on um, sort of gifts. It's on Things that you uh, you surface wonderful finds for your for your audience, and as we just shared, getting to midlife often means simplifying greater clarity. I would love it if you could help us simplify some of our fashion choices, uh, some holiday gifting. This this show is coming out in December when we're all like getting geared up for all the the fun and the you know the the hubbub of the holidays. So I would love to hear from you, you know, what is one or two pieces that you think are really worth investing in for holiday fashion and, and beyond? Sure. And just a real quick caveat to that. We created Netta's Edit because um, it's not that we're getting into retail. It was more the idea that uh, women at this age can be very, what I call date stamped and um sort of like, oh, I really loved that from the 90s or the 80s and and wear that forever. And I think we need to approach this season as uh, in, in a sort of fresh way. And it gives us, um, you know, when you look good, you feel good kind of thing. So it was really a way to mirror or match what we were doing in the, in the kind of what's next for your life. Here's what's next for your wardrobe or a new way to think about um, the things that you purchase. And um, so a few things, if I if I remember the question, a few things to wear. Is that your question? Yeah, it's for a, this what's season? something do yeah. you think that's worth? In, let's let's start with, I would love to do high low. So if there's something that you think yeah. is worth investing in, you know, something that maybe is a little bit, a little bit pricier, but it's really something that's going to um, freshen up your wardrobe and, and, and make you look, look and feel amazing. 
Yeah. So I think, um, you know, jackets. Um, I'm a fan. If you go onto libertyroad.com and you see Net is at it, you'll see that, I mean, a, a classic navy or black wool jacket, um, a denim jacket, an army jacket, like something that's, um, that's going to kind of allow you to wear layers, um, move from season to season with ease, and give you just that little bit of kind of punch. Um, you know, I like things that are not high, low, just in price point, but also in design. You know, if I'm wearing um, something that's like jeans with holes in it, then I have like a classy blouse on top or something like that. So I think those jackets, they provide, those three in particular, provide lots of opportunities to be worn in different ways, to be worn in different seasons, you know, add a scarf when it's cold um, or a sweater underneath, something like that. And then in terms of um, other things that you can do for, uh, to kind of snazz things up. I think look at accessories. You can wear, you know, the same jeans every day and a, and a black or white top, but when you've got a cool sling purse and some, you know, snazzy shoes and they could be sneakers, they don't have to be, um, expensive, you know, uh, brand name, anything. Um, and a cool watch, uh, some, you know, uh, if you're wearing a t-shirt, Try, try throwing on. We've got this emerald crystal necklace. It's it's fantastic. It looks like it's all real emeralds. It's not. Um, those are some really fun things that you can do. And then layer up, layer up your jewelry, layer up your rings. I think the, those are the easiest ways. You can have those pieces. They can be staples. You can have them for the next 50 years um, and they'll snazz up any any outfit. Yeah, I love I love that advice. Talk to me about jeans because I there you know a couple months ago <laughs> there was this like absurdly social media trumped up yeah. you know the great divide between skinny jeans and side parts with you know yes. wide leg pants and middle parts and what it meant you know what sort of the age camps that you were in if you were doing one or the other and by the way I'm team side part over here but I wear all kinds of jeans so <laughs> I'm team side part too not because I am opposed to the middle part but I just don't happen to look very good in it so it's, it's it's I think um what, what's cool about being in midlife is we'll let the millennials and the zers work that whole issue out what's cool about where we are is we can just it's relative to ourselves. We can look at it with a little bit more objectivity and we don't have to be in either one of those camps. Um, with jeans, I think it's really about knowing your body type. And, you know, if, if the goal is for you to feel good, feel like, okay, this is, this feels like me, then it's also usually a combination of what makes me, um, feel comfortable in my own skin. For some people, it is a baggy jean, but for other people, it's like, that doesn't work. If I wore a baggy, a really baggy jean, like a super oversized baggy jean, I would just look ridiculous. Um, what are some so, brands that are good that we should have on our radar? Oh my gosh, range? Citizens of Humanity, a favorite jeans. Um, and I like them because they don't have too much stretch, which is a funny thing to say at, at this oh, age. Oh no, yeah, most no, I people, get that. We need like yeah, Most people to... like that. No, I want everything kind of cinched in. Exactly. I don't I don't need too much stretch. And they last forever. They're go-to jeans. I have three pairs in my closet. I also think when you're looking at jeans, just just to get away from that date stamping thing, look at the the you know where the um hemline hits. Try a hemline that's a little bit shredded. 
try a hemline that's really long and touches the floor and a little bit wider and wear it with pumps, you know, or pointy boots, something that sort of sticks out. It's those sorts of things that make the difference. Get away from your basic um, jean when you're trying to kind of jazz things up. But if you want to wear a skinny jean because you feel like you can rock a skinny jean, go for it. If you want something that's a little bit baggy or wider, go for it. You know, we're going back into the bell bottom sort of scene with a with a lower um, drop waist. If that's something that you feel good about, if that brings you back to your good old 90s, then go for it. I um, love a bell bottom because I actually think of the 70s. Like I just love, yeah, like, I yes. love corduroy. I love denim. I like a good 70s moment. I would love to there be- There is Ali- no shortage of that right now. I would love to be Allie McGraw. You know, give me her whole wardrobe. Mm. That's that's what, <laughs> that's my vibe. That's my thing. So what- so let's talk a little bit more about um, hostess gifts, because these yeah. are sort of tricky. You know, I know that holidays means parties. It means gathering. We are so happy that we're back into the swing of holiday seasons after Amen. sort of two years of just, you know, kind of Zoom celebrations. So we want to we want to show up and show out. What's a great gift that always delivers? Well, my go to, I'll say that is a candle. And it's kind of it's a little bit boring. Because um, it's I love candle. an amazing candle. But, we have, we but, have a, yeah, we have a very a smelly really, pandemic puppy, so I'm like exactly. always light, I'm always lighting gorgeous go. gorgeous candles. Which ones yes, do you love? I, I think I, my favorite are diptyques. I mean, and, and there's not a there's not a scent that I don't love. I love the diptyque candles, and I think what's great about a candle is if the hostess or host has one, then they can store this for, you know, when that one runs out. Like it's not, it's not going to go bad. You can't have too many. That's why I love them. But I'm a big fan of personalizing as much as possible. And I don't mean with a monogram. I just mean, what is, you know, who is this person that is, that you're giving this gift to and how can you make it a little bit more personal? If you don't know them, a candle, a bottle of wine, those are good go-tos. But if you do know them, if there's something that you happen to know about their life, they love to cook, give them like a really cool cookbook that's the latest. People are, you know, getting their recipes online now. People don't really have these beautiful cookbooks laying around in the same way, but there are so many. Um, So that would be a great recommendation. If they love beautiful design, get them a a design book. The ones um, Live Beautiful by Athena Calderon. Great one. Um, If they're a woman who's busting out, she's in midlife and she's really trying to consider her own possibilities. And she's um, maybe she's launching something herself. Try one of these awesome um, books that are all about women doing cool things. There's the 200 women series. That's a great one. There's another one called uh, The Art of Aging unapologetically by the Anne Bloom uh, woman, Dee Bloomkins. There's just some really cool books. And then I think there's, you know, you can go back to your staples and things like a beautiful note card set or a beautiful leather bound journal, something that maybe somebody wouldn't necessarily buy for themselves at that, you know, at that price point, but it's a beautiful, a beautiful gift to give. These are such wonderful recommendations, and and I have a I have a tip for listeners with with the candle, which I think I just adore candles. And I recently had um, the opportunity to do something social with a friend, and and she sent me an email beforehand, and she said, "What's your favorite scent?" And I was like, "Ooh, I'm intrigued." And I you know shared that I love honeysuckle. I I gave her a couple different yeah. scents that I adore. And she showed up at this event with me and handed me this beautiful honeysuckle candle. And I was so touched. Oh. You know, one that she that she um, 
you know, thought of me and bought me a gift, but that she did a little bit of research in advance yeah. uh, to surprise me with something that like truly delights me. So I'm, I'm passing that along to, to listeners. I love that. It, yeah. was, it was super thoughtful. Um, anything special that you have your eye on for yourself that you should be dropping hints to <laughs> yes, someone who it's... might, who may or may not listen to this podcast? <laughs> I, well, I may, I may have to make him come to this podcast. So I too, even in my, if, even in my, my wish list, it's usually, there's, a, there's usually some high lows in there too. Like something that's like, oh, I need, you know, a pair of sneakers. So I'm going to throw that in there just to make it easy on the family. Um, and I love myself a good, colorful pair of New Balance or some real classics like, you know, the a, a pair of Converse or something like that. But my high, high kind of blingy thing um, is uh, a ring. It's a three triple stacked ring. Uh, you can get it in double stack. You know, there, there are variations by, and I think I'm pronouncing the name right, but it's Spinelli hmm. Kilcullen. And the rings are beautiful. Um, they, they're they stacked and then they're looped together with stacks. And the, some of them have diamonds. Some of them are just, you can do all silver. And given the different metals and stones, uh, the variations and the price points vary wildly. But that's something that, you know, if Santa's in the mood, um, <laughs> maybe we'll see. We'll that see if that happens. That sounds gorgeous. Well, you'll 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 send me the the link to that. Um, yes, it's designer. on our website. Yes, perfect. And I'll I'll put that into the show notes, which people can find over on a certain um, Netta, we're reaching near the end of our time, but before we move into our speed round, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, podcasting and platform building you know, is relatively a new venture for you. You're, you call yours Liberty Road. And I've read on your website that the use of road is very deliberate, right? You say that life yeah. is a long and winding road. Could you have launched Liberty Road when you were younger? What role, if any, did uh, getting to midlife play in making this happen? Yeah. Um, the answer is no. The first part. Um, I mean, I could have. I could have named something Liberty Road and launched, you know, what I'm what I'm doing now. But I wouldn't have approached it with the same ear or eye sensitivity. Um, it would be it would be a different endeavor. And it's one of the reasons I only want to interview women forty plus because they just bring a different narrative. Um, to the listener. And I'm interested in that listener being inspired and equipped to do what's next for her and to do what gives her purpose. So I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have, I couldn't have offered a midlife woman that in my younger years. The other thing is with the name road, I myself in interviewing women, in consulting women, in spending, you know, 20 plus years in the space, the thing I was constantly hearing was, gosh, it hasn't been a a straight path or it's been a really winding road or you know I took a hard left turn and I think I kind of lost my way and I need to get back on the right road. I was hearing these themes very regularly. And so I wanted to sort of own it instead of try and reconcile those those stories and make them um to, you know tell a story that was about a straight path. I wanted to say no, let's own it. Isn't that what life is after all? Isn't that what we should be doing after all is enjoying the journey. And there's no way the 20 or 30 year old me would have understood that in the way that I understand it now. I love this. We are so happy to be on this road with you, Netta. I'm, I, I've so enjoyed this conversation. I'm always sad when 
when the show ends because I could go, you know, on and on. But we're going to move into our speed round because our time is coming to a close. So this is just quick one to two word answers. We want to, you know, learn more about you and we want to end on a high energy note. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's Let's go, Katie. do it. Launching Liberty Road was? Purposeful. Nice. I love that. That's very smart. Okay. A podcast topic you could talk about again and again. Mm, Creating meaning. If I never need to talk about this midlife topic again, I'd be delighted. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) Hot flashes? (laughs) For me, it's retirement planning. I don't want to talk about my retirement. I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm with you. I'm with you. I am with you. Even midlife podcasters need midlife inspo. This podcaster book gets midlife right. Ooh. This podcaster book gets the midlife right. Um, That's a tricky one. I would say, I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but Big Magic is a real, and, and Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart, and Big Magic. Read those two books. I think they offer a lot for midlifers, but it's not specifically for midlifers. Perfect. Going into the show notes. Okay. Last new thing you bought or tried? Um, I just bought the Garand Doré's new line of Doré uh, cleansing and moisturizing. And I have to say, I'm a fan of the moisturizer. Nice. Next new thing to buy, try, or do? Next new thing to buy, try, or do? I am trying to get really good at um, meal prep. So I'm buying a bunch of the kind of natural glass, you know, getting rid of my plastics and buying all the um, naturals is the brand name, but it's a glass Tupperware, essentially. I don't even know what we call that, like storageware. Perfect. You're you're ready. You're ready for January. You're ready to like dice and, and do your meal prep. I'm ready. Finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel. Liberated. Nice. Thank you, Netta. This has been (laughs) such a treat. I adore hanging out with podcasters. Before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you in Liberty Road? First of all, thank you, Katie. I so appreciate this time and appreciate you inviting listeners to come and check us out. You can find us online at liberty-road.com and come hang out with us on Instagram. And it is this is Liberty Road. Fantastic. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Before we end, two last items. If you love and appreciate this podcast, I would love and appreciate an Apple podcast review. Reviews help the show grow. And two, have you visited our new sister account over on Instagram, Age Out Loud? We want to feature your Age Out Loud story. If you believe your age stands for something, head to Instagram at Let's Age Out Loud and share your story at the link in bio. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.